XFL Week 5 starting on Thursday. Interesting that they decided to start on have a game Thursday when March Madness starts tomorrow. I don't know if that was the best scheduling by the XFL, but I guess, I mean, there's March Madness all weekend. Uh, but still, opening day is the day. It's like, what? An opening day, but whatever. Um, yeah, excited to talk about Week 5, guys. Uh, hope you've had a, uh, hope you had a good Week 4. Uh, for me, I actually, so I did not play in the high stakes last weekend for the first time, and that was my first week not cashing tournaments, so I guess I ran good. Um, I pivoted, I, if I kept my original lineup, I would have cashed, because I originally had Brian Hill, but pivoted to get um, pivoted to get uh, Bryson Aline in, um, as majority of high stakes players did. I, I, someone tweeted out, I forget the ownership gap is, but he was like, Way, way more popular high stakes. He was 3.4K. And once we got news that Borgie was scratched, he became a phenomenal value. But in typical XFL fashion, they went to the backup more, um, Dewan Lee, who finished with 21 fancy points. And the Sharks that played Allen, or whatever his name is, however you pronounce it, got punished. So that was definitely frustrating. But um, yeah, so that was the recap of my week for XFL. Again, didn't enter. It was just a busy day last Saturday for me, so... Um, wasn't able to get it in, but um, definitely I'm going to be playing uh, high stakes tournaments this week for sure. So I'll make sure to get my entry in there. And uh, yeah, if you guys do enjoy the XFL content, make sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Also, if you're looking for premium content, you can check my Patreon link down below. I post everything, all the data. Um, I post some stuff for free on Twitter, but quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. I post um, snap percentage, routes, targets, carries, um, Catches like I, I post like all the data in uh, charts in charts for each position. So that's all over on Patreon. If you guys are interested in that, I'll be mentioning some stuff in this video. But check that out. Also, I have videos for all the showdown slates, content for the main slate, player pool, live stream. So uh, make sure to check that out if you're interested. And uh, let's just get right into the video. So we're gonna go start it off by talking about the quarterback position, and then we'll go with running back, wide receiver, and tight end. We'll go team by team. So for quarterbacks. Um, you had, let me swap over. You had what four quarterbacks only put hundred percent snaps. That would be Ben Nucci, AJ McCarron, Jack Owen, and Kyle Slaughter. Um, Tiamu and, uh, Derek King split snaps. Tiamu played 69% of the snaps. King played 31%. Huntley got benched. He only played 21% of the snaps. Perez came in and finished the game, played 79%. Um, Lynch, uh, played 82% of the snaps. They tried to bring in Francois, but he wasn't great. So they brought Lynch back in. And then Silvers played 78% of snaps. Again, that's not a surprise, though. They've been bringing Cole McDonald in for a lot of running situations, sometimes in the red zone as well. Talking through the quarterbacks, I think, once again, your two safest bets are going to be Danucci and McCarron. Um, Danucci kind of had a subpar game last game, only going for 13 fancy points. But this is a game that could definitely shoot out. We have two high-powered offenses in Houston and Seattle. Like This is by far going to be the chalkiest game of the week, as it should be. So I still like Danucci at the top. I think Agent McCarron is a solid play at 10.8K. Um, pretty safe. Again, no real risk of getting benched. The only downside is the matchup against DC. DC is like a run first team. They're going to grind it out, but um, still like McCarron. Brandon Silvers, I think is a good tournament play. He's still been producing even while not playing 100% snaps. And my worry is those red zone snaps that he doesn't get, um, you know, where, will the, where they will run it with McDonald. But I like the ceiling on Silvers in a game that, sh that you know, has a good chance to shoot out. The rest of the quarterbacks, I don't know, or definitely, unless he's starting, I don't think I can get to Brent Huntley, um, who barely played uh, last week. It was Perez, but I'll, I'll pass on the Vegas quarterbacks, unless it's Huntley that starts, but still there's some risk. 
Goran Tiamu, I mean, does have some upside, but again, they're a dear king what stole two touchdowns last week, so it's still hard for me to go there. Um, Paxson Lynch, I guess, is fine at AK. Again, they try to bring in Francois, but it looks like Lynch is definitely their best bet. So I don't hate him as contrarian play. Kyle Slaughter once again played 100 percent of the snaps. Once again, didn't do much. Um, went for five fancy points. I guess he didn't have like the worst day over. I mean, he threw three picks. Never mind. He he did it. That was a pretty bad day. So he he could be at risk of getting benched. Jack Cohen could be at risk of getting benched. Cohen once again um, was awful. Um, so yeah, uh, those guys played 100 percent of the snaps. So I'm not confident they will this week. And then yeah, that's it for quarterbacks. So now let's go to running back and let's go team by team. I think it'll be a little bit easier to talk about. So we'll start off with Houston. We got to keep an eye on the Max Borgie news. Um, he didn't play last game. I expect him to play in this game, but we'll wait on the confirmation for sure going into tomorrow. Now, if Max Borgie plays, I think Borgie himself is a solid tournament play. He's been playing consistently over 50% of the snaps when healthy. He is involved in the passing game. So I would like Borgie. If Borgie misses, you got Lee and Bryson that will split the uh, running back duties. Um, and last game, again, you saw Lee played 49% of the snaps. Uh, Bryson played 37% of the snaps. Lee got more carries. So both would be playable tournament plays, um, but neither would be priorities in that scenario. Uh, so let's move on to Seattle and running backs. We've got to keep an eye on Ellison news. Um, he was a limited participant in practice. I believe he was a DNP on Monday, limited on Tuesday. So we'll monitor that going into tomorrow. Uh, he played last week. He played 62% of the snaps. He's been getting like all the carries. Uh, got 16 carries. Hammonds, Bradwell only got one carry each. Uh, but the issue with Allison is he's not running any routes. He only ran six routes total while playing over 60% of the snaps. So basically his production is going to come down to, you know, on the ground. Can he fall into the end zone? Can he get it done on the ground? If not, you know, there's a chance he might not get there. But still playing a good amount of snaps, viable. If he misses, then Hammonds and Bradwell become playable. I would prefer Hammonds for the price point. Um, also, Hammonds did, did play more than Bradwell, 11% to 3% last game. DC and St. Louis. This is another thing we got to keep an eye on. They only have two running backs on their roster, and Rackpole Armstrong got banged up last game and uh, did not practice on Wednesday. So I don't know if they would call up another running back. Artavis Pierce also on the IR. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. If not, and if it's only Abram Smith, then it would be hard not to like Abram Smith, right? Because he would be their only running back. He played about 80% of the snaps last week, had 22 carries, and ran a good amount of routes. Um, yeah, we'll keep an eye on the Rykel Armstead news and if they add another running back. But if not, uh, I think you've got to have Anderson Abram Smith. Moving on to uh, St. Louis. So once again, Brian Hill played a majority of the game. Uh, 18 carries, ran 21 routes. Um, at 8K, I think he's one of the best running back plays on the slate again. I think he was originally in my lineup, but then I pivoted to get Bryson in there. And obviously you saw that worked out. I'm just really tilted about that. But um, I like Brian Hill a good amount. I'm not going to get to either of the backups in Durant or Walker. Let's talk about Orlando and Vegas. I, this Orlando offense is awful. Um, John May Martin, Devin Darrington both played 33% of the snaps. Eh, eh. Don't think I can do it. On uh, the Vegas side, it's kind of gross here too. They played three running backs. Um, Torrey did only play 5% of the snaps. Rod Smith and Lovett kind of split the, the duties there. Um, I guess as contrarian plays, can you consider these guys? Yeah, but with a team with three running backs, eh, eh, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan. And then finally, Arlington and San Antonio. So once again, you got a hefty workload for Davion Smith, played over 60% of the snaps, had nine carries, ran 20 routes. Um, I think he's one of the better running back plays in the board once again. Hasn't really had that big, big pop-up performance, but uh, the snaps are clearly there for him. The opportunities are there. I'm not going to consider either of the backups. 
On the San Antonio side, um, I do have a little bit of interest in Keelan Balash. Played 62% of the snaps. Jacquez Patrick only 38%. Um, Balage only had five carries. But, um, again, that was a game they were playing from behind. So, no one's going to play Balage, But he's still getting a, a, you know, a good chunk of the snaps here for San Antonio. So, in a large field tournament, I think he's viable. Now, let's talk about wide receivers. And a lot of ownership is going to go this first game, as it should be. It really should. Houston... St. Uh, Seattle, again, this is definitely going to be the game of the week for uh, week five uh, for Houston. So let's talk it through. All right, let me scroll down to Houston. So they played, what, uh, seven wide receivers technically because they do have Holly listed as a running back. Uh, Nick Holly himself played uh, 60% of the snaps and ran 22 routes. Again, he's listed as a running back, FYI, um, which I don't know why he still is. 3.7K. Yeah, I mean, he had three catches last week. Sure. And it's going to turn running back play. Uh, I, I guess it's fine. Um, Burnett and Kirkland played a majority of the game. No surprise there. Um, you know, both these guys have a pretty high ceiling playing this offense. Once again, another big day for Kirkland. Burnett, not as big, but still a guy that has a pretty high ceiling. The secondary wide receiver, Cedric Bird, got a little bit of an increase last, uh, from last week. 65% of the snaps. Travella Harris played 40%. I don't think I get to put number Smith, who didn't play enough for me to warrant a consideration there. But Bird had seven catches and seven targets, led the way for Houston. He's only 4.4. I think it'll be a pretty popular value play, but for good reason. Uh, your more contrarian option would be Travell Harris. Um, he did catch two touchdowns, um, but only played uh, 40% of the snaps. All right, moving on to Seattle. So, Seattle, you have... Pearson, Jackson playing majority of the game. Both are great options again. Pearson is 11K. Uh, Blake Jackson is 8.5K. I think factoring in price, I would prefer Jackson, but the ceiling has been on a higher on Pearson recently. And then you have this group of uh, wide receivers mixing in behind those two. So Gordon, VC, Willis, and Green actually all played over 50% of the snaps, but no one played over 70%. So that group of guys are all playable. Obviously, the price point's the highest on Josh Gordon. I would say the ceiling's the highest on him as well. But I think I would rather get to Pearson or Jackson. VC, Juwan Green, and Willis, they're viable values here, right? VC, 4.9. Juwan Green, 3.7. Um, had a nice week last week. And Damian Willis, 3K. See, I, the opportunities are there. They are there for these guys. So um, there's, some, there's some value you can get from this game as well at wide receiver. Let's move on to DC and St. Louis. One thing I noticed from last week to this week is a lot of these other teams outside of Houston, Seattle, started to kind of trim down their rotation, starting to play the starters a majority of the game. So that happened with DC. I mean, you did see kind of last week, but going over snap counts, Hammond and Jackson played close to 100% of the snaps. Six targets for Jackson, five targets for Hammond. I know this is a run first team. Hammond 7-1, Jackson 5-4. I think Fatry and Price, I do prefer Jackson. Both guys are playable. And you can look at Chris Blair, too, who played almost 80% of the snaps and had four catches on four targets. So, I mean, DC, I know they're a run-first team, but yeah, these are guys I think you've got to have some interest in for sure. I don't think I get to anyone else, though, but those three, the top three for DC, are viable options. For St. Louis, they played three guys the majority of the game. Shepard, Butler, and Prohl all played 80% 80 of the snaps or more. Um, all had at least six targets. Now, we know that the ceiling has been the highest on Hakeem Butler, but Darius Shepard had a pretty big week last week, going for 20-plus fancy points. And then you got Austin Prohl playing in the slot, who um, hasn't really had that big, big week besides week one, but still a guy that's receiving a, a good amount of uh, targets. So I like I have interest in all three, um, and but the price points are up a bit on them, right? 9-3 uh, nine for Butler, 8K for Shepard. 
and it's 6.8K for pull. But again, you do have Adrian McCarron throwing passes to them, who's one of the better quarterbacks in this league. Orlando, so ugh, ugh, again, struggling offense. I will say, though, like I said, this team also trimmed it down. Rambo, Rodgers, Lenore all played 70% of the snaps or more. Lenore played 100% of the snaps. Um, Rambo, 8.1. He's more of a dart throw in tournaments because of the price point. But Rodgers and Lenore, 3.4 and 3K respectively, both played 70 plus percent of the snaps. Rodgers working in the slot. Lenore working out, right, out wide. Lenore played 100% of the snaps. If you give him 100% of the snaps again, I think he's got to stand out. So, um, yeah, there's there's some guys that are playable, even though this offense sucks. And then Cody Lattimore, one of the few tight ends that is playable on this uh, in the XFL. Once again, four catches, seven targets. The price point's slowly coming up on him, but there actually are some guys that are playable. And same thing here for Vegas. we got to keep an eye on news, too, for Vegas. So last week, we got Geronimo Allison as an inactive, uh, being inactive. And you got Martavis Bryant a little bit banged up. So Bidette played 90-plus percent of the snaps. You saw Matthew Sexton played 90-plus percent of the snaps. And Sink Sweeting only played 40% of the snaps, but Sweeting had two touchdowns. Um, it's not updated yet. But yeah, three, three catches, six targets for two touchdowns. So there could be some value here if Martavis Bryant can't go, who didn't practice Tuesday, or if Geronimo Allison's inactive too, right? They only had five active wide receivers uh, total, four, uh, four only last game. So uh, we'll keep eye on the news there with Bryant, with Allison. But if one of those guys are out, it's going to open up some Sweeting and Sexton for value. So I want to keep an eye uh, on that one for sure. And then Jeff Bidette, their most consistent wide receiver this year, I think is once again a decent contrarian spend up. I don't think a lot of people will use him at the top. A lot, I think a lot of people are going to spend up with the Houston and Seattle wide receivers. But Bidette, I mean... Even though offense has not been great, he's still been putting up some big numbers. And finally, Arlington and San Antonio. So Arlington, I really don't think I can get to any of these wide receivers. Um, so what? We had one, or one, two, three, four, five, six wide receivers play. Outside of Peyton, who played 14% of the snaps, every wide receiver played in bet- between 40 and 60% of the snaps. So they're just mixed. It's just a rotation here with Smallwood, Arcondo, and Vons, and Winningham. Like, I, just, I don't think I can get to any of these guys. I guess if I had to play someone cheap, it probably would be Caleb Vander Esch, who came first game with the team, played 67% snaps, actually played the most, and he is the Flatman price. So if I had to pick one, it would be him. And then Canella, again, one of the few tight ends that actually is playable for XFL, um, played 88% of the snaps, six catches and eight targets. Totally fine uh, using him as a you know mid-range play. San Antonio to wrap it up. We got some injury news to keep an eye on here for San Antonio. Um, but they, again, they ran a few guys, three guys, a majority of the game. Uh, Tolliver, Fred Brown, and Travis, I don't know how to pronounce his, his name, basically played 80% of the, 80 plus percent of the snaps, all three of those guys. Um, Johnson got injured, though, and then TJ Vasher status up in the air. Johnson did not practice. I would guess he does not play. TJ Vasher, on the, under, on the other hand, was limited in practice. So I think... If Vasher's available, he'll probably be you know one of the top uh, wide receivers. But like I think he'll he'll take away from Brown and from um, from Travis. So again, I, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. But I think the safest wide receiver probably would be Tolliver, who played 88 percent of the snaps at six catches and nine targets, and had a pretty solid week. But again, we'll keep an eye on Johnson. We'll keep an eye on Vasher. Um, could open up some valley here with guys like Brown and Travis, who played a, a majority of the game last week. And then uh, Elise Mack, again, another tight end that's getting a decent amount of work. 66% snaps last week for him. Three catches on three targets. 3.5K. Viable punt play for sure.
All right, I'm finishing up with defense. Once again, I'll mention all these defenses are in play. Um, but I think, you know, optimal build-wise, you just want to target the defenses going up against the bad offenses. So who are the bad offenses? Well, Orlando. They're not great offensively. So I think the Vegas Vipers defense at 4K looks pretty good. On the other side, Vegas' offense, eh, not been amazing. So can you consider Orlando's defense at 3-6? Sure. Um, San Antonio's offense, they've really been struggling. So I think Arlington's defense is in play. And I'll mention Houston's defense. I think their defense is probably, them and D.C., probably the best defenses overall in the league. Um, but the issue I have with Houston is the matchup. But still, they are one of the better defenses, in my opinion, in this league. All right, guys. So that's going to wrap it up for the video. Um, hope you enjoy. If you do, make sure to like, subscribe to the notification bell. And again, if you're looking for all that content, showdown, main slate, player pools, you know, updates, uh, you know, the... My spreadsheet with all the data, right? Snaps, routes, targets, carries, catches, all that stuff. That's posted on patreon.com. Um, yeah, good luck week five. Hope to see you guys at the top of the leaderboard, and we'll see you in the next video.